Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 317 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today's title is going to be To Stretch or Not to Stretch the Arthritic Knee. Today, I'm going to give you my take from experience about if and when you stretch patients with an arthritic knee. But before we get started today, we're going to just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. You've all seen the name Chattanooga in rehab clinics. Chattanooga has been a staple for all your traditional clinical equipment needs, and they are now carrying modalities including high-powered laser, focus shockwave, and radial pressure wave devices. These modalities have the ability to transform your practice from both a clinical and revenue standpoint. Trust me, I have patients traveling over an hour to come have radial pressure wave treatment in our clinic. Click the link in the show notes to request a quote, schedule an in-person demo, or get more information on their new modalities. You can also visit their website at www.lightforcemedical.com. Welcome back. So today we're going for something a little less structured. We're going to get away from protocols and evidence, and we're going to get you to think on your feet a little bit and use reason for certain situations. So I thought about this topic while I was working with a gentleman recently. I've been seeing him for about three to maybe three and a half weeks. Um, This gentleman is 75-ish years old. His diagnosis when he came to me was bilateral lower extremity swelling and pain. So, of course, you know, we always think ahead when we take a look at that referral and say, oh, maybe he has some poor venous return or heart failure or lymphedema or something like that. It's bilateral, it's painful, it's swollen, um, and it's lower extremity. So you, you kind of get these things geared into your head. Well, upon entering the clinic, first thing I noticed that he had kind of a – a, a painful gait. His knees were extremely bowed. Um, he had difficulty sitting down in a chair. He was very cautious getting down. Obviously, was you know a little painful to do that. On my observation, I noticed that he had some really mild swelling only at the knees. He had no gastroxoleus, foot and ankle swelling, no swelling in the thighs, um, no obvious signs of a DVT or anything like that. Um, his right knee active range of motion was minus 20 degrees to 105 degrees of flexion. And left knee range of motion was minus 15 degrees to 110 degrees of motion. And passively, I was not able to gain much more than that at all. Uh, he had the typical, you know, enlarged large patella, uh, you know, common with osteoarthritis of the knee. He has significant quadriceps suppression. Medial joint line was a little bit tender, but not very severe like uh, a lot of people that we see with knee osteoarthritis. Um, And then on other observations, we noticed that he had, you know, in his fingers, uh, IP joint spurring, which were pretty severe. He had limited range of motion in his hands, probably 80% of normal flexion, and he was lacking about 10 degrees of extension at all the IP joints. His cervical spine range of motion was about 45 degrees of rotation to the left and right. Um, And you could just tell this gentleman was osteoarthritic, okay? And that's basically what our diagnosis was, is that he had osteoarthritis of the knees. And when you become severely osteoarthritic and you start to lose that nice hyaline cartilage in the knee, you can start to generate pain down into the tibia and up into the femur, okay? Uh, That is something that we kind of don't learn in school because we always learn that, you know, pain starts from proximal and moves to distal for the most part. Um, but in a situation like this, it can migrate up the, up the femur and down into the uh, tibial region. So 
nonetheless, we came to a conclusion that he had osteoarthritis of both knees. So the question here is, do you stretch into extension and flexion or not with a patient like this? Well, you have to ask yourself, well, why do I want to gain more motion on somebody who's 75 years old and has globalized arthritis? Like, are we going to get this guy better? And the answer is, for most people, yes. Okay, so better extension results in a better quad set. And if you can set the quad better, then you're going to have overall better function and better mobility, especially with anything that requires squatting or stairs or you know anything like that. Uh, so... We know that if we gain better flexion, um, we're going to get up, you know, stairs better. We're going to get into a car better, get the leg over the side of a tub with uh, greater ease and, and better safety. And so I did start to stretch him into extension and into flexion manually. Now, on the first day of stretching him, he had a, a, a lot of pain, just a lot of very sharp discomfort. What he was interpreting as very sharp discomfort and I was going really lightly with him. But when I released the stretch, like when I was pushing into extension and I released him, the pain settled down immediately. Like it went away within seconds. Um, that's usually a pretty good sign that he's going to be able to tolerate that a little bit more in the future. Um, the endpoint was also quite springy, so I felt very capsular. And so with that, you know thinking about how his knees were so stiff and tight, I kind of asked him what he did for, you know, daily activities. And uh, he, he likes to study history. He uh, likes politics. He's at his computer a lot during the day. So he's sitting down in a computer chair, the knees bent um, on the computer for several hours a day, every day. And um, so he kind of took on this kind of a flex posture, both in the hips and the knees. And so I decided to um, do some moist heat around his knees. Uh, there was not a lot of fatty tissue around his legs. So we, we wrapped both legs with, with heat. And um, then with that, did some very low load, long duration stretching. Uh, following that, we did some quad activation. Now he did have a little discomfort, you know, while we were stretching him, but not terribly unbearable. And as time went on, he was able to tolerate that stretch better and better and better. And um, so following the stretch, especially into extension, we followed that up with some quad sets. Now, he couldn't get his legs to full extension, so we put rolls underneath his knees. We had him push pretty aggressively into those rolls. So he was actively contracting his quads, getting a little reciprocal inhibition, you know, his hamstrings were relaxing. So he was getting some good active extension. Um, we even placed him on a bike, on a stationary bike with modified pedals. And uh, he was able to get around and that felt really good. And so three weeks later, uh, we're now at about on the right knee, minus eight degrees of extension to 115 degrees of flexion. And on the left knee, about minus three degrees of extension to 120 degrees of flexion. So um, a considerable improvement in quality of life. Uh, and his gait is improved. He, he's working around the house better. He's tolerating being on his feet a lot more. Uh, he's taking more breaks while he's at the computer, he's getting up, moving and doing his exercises. So um, you know, now we're getting to a point where we are starting to hit more of a firm or a bony endpoint with him. And that discomfort is not as stretchy as the last couple of weeks, but it's becoming more abrupt and more firm. So um, we are cautious at this point not to push through that too hard. But every time he comes in, he's gaining range of motion. So I'm going to continue with him, not super aggressively, but with a low load, long duration stretch in both directions and, and see how he continues to do. His wife 
uh, came in with him on his first visit and just came in with him yesterday. And um, she just can't get over his mobility, his function. He's standing. He's actually looks like he's an inch, inch and a half taller because his legs are straighter. Um, and his overall demeanor is considerably better. And, and I would guarantee you, and he hasn't had x-rays, but I would guarantee you if he had x-rays of his knees, they are severely osteoarthritic. They just have that classic presentation, especially with the bowing of the legs and the lack of motion in both flexion and extension, the enlarged patella, and some you know medial joint line tenderness. Those are all the classic signs. So... With that being said, you know, yeah, you can stretch people with osteoarthritis in the knees. But what I want to do here is I want to change gears a little bit and get to another patient, okay? So this patient, Nancy, she um, was a prehab patient. She was referred uh, for some prehab, getting ready for a total knee replacement. This is a right knee. She had minus 10 degrees of extension to 90 degrees of flexion. She had a lot of swelling. She had all the classic signs like I talked about earlier, the bowed legs, the lack of motion, the swelling, pain, um, Baker's cyst, all those things that kind of you know come in the package of knee osteoarthritis. Extremely tender in the medial joint line and um, you know limping quite a bit when she came in. Now, I try to stretch her very, very lightly because this knee is already kind of flared up and it's it's hot. It's it's really uh, hyperactive. And so I try to stretch her and I, I kid you not, super light. The, em- the, the end point is empty. She cannot tolerate the pain. And when I let go of her, the pain lingers like for several minutes and even throughout some of the visits, she seems to be a little more sore than usual. So we, you know, we kind of calm the knee down. We do a little bit of compression wrapping with her, and we send her on her way. Um, instruct her in, you know, icing and whatnot, and gentle quad sets and light mobility activities. Well, she comes back two days later and reports to me that she's worse than she was. She couldn't sleep for two nights. She's been having more pain all day long. Um, and and this lady just is not a PT candidate. She needs to have surgery. And prehab is probably going to be counterproductive and set her back. And set her back in the sense that she's going to have an inflamed knee. She's going to have a swollen knee. She's going to have a lack of quad contractibility going into surgery. And really, that's a, a really bad recipe, um, especially before getting into surgery. So, you know, we end up running the risk of arthrofibrosis and other complications afterwards if they do surgery on a flared up knee like this. So we decided to just hold off on her. We informed her provider, uh, her, her, her orthopedic surgeon said, you know, she cannot tolerate anything, even of the lightest uh, bit. But we did give her some educational tools to take away and talked about how she's going to take care of herself after surgery. So we were able to help her. Couldn't cure her um, and couldn't, you know, make that knee much better, but we could give her some advice on how to manage her situation better. Um, So the takeaway for today is that you have to assess the individual patient situation when you're considering the benefits of a stretching you know, program, especially with an arthritic knee. Some people will do really well and others just will not. The stretching needs to be low load, long duration, nothing super aggressive. Um, and if you feel like this pain is, is very sharp and, and there's a lot of inflammation and swelling associated with it and it lingers after the stretch, then you really need to kind of hold off and uh, do other activities that can help control their pain, improve their quad function, uh, and uh, overall improve their mobility. 
So this, you know, this podcast today is a, a perfect example of why we don't have to worry about AI taking our jobs because, you know, we can't just place these patients into categories and say, okay, what do we do with them? Um, and, you know, we can't follow black and white protocols all the time with everybody because um, they aren't the end all be all. And we have to make decisions when we see these people. And I think that it's important that you learn from people like myself who have seen probably thousands of, of knees and arthritic knees and learned from my mistakes and learned from what really worked well um, in order to you know move forward and decrease that learning bell curve as you as you continue to see patients with these similar types of situations. So that's today's show. I hope you enjoyed our show today. Um, if you find value in what uh, you're listening to, you want to support the show, just click the support the show link and that would be greatly appreciated. Supporters get early access to the podcast and I will take your email questions and answer them. Now, this doesn't happen all the time. I get a tremendous number of questions. I can't, unfortunately, answer everybody's questions. But if you are a supporter, you do get um, first dibs on getting your answers, uh, you know, answers to your questions. Um, and as a supporter, you also get a free copy of one of my eBooks, and I let you pick that out. And um, you know, if you're not already a subscriber to our OEP YouTube channel, be sure to do so and help us get to our goal of a hundred. 100,000 subscribers. We are really close. I plan on getting there before the uh, end of the year 2023. I'm sure we can do it. Um, hope you all have a great day. Be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there. 